You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your daily bite-sized Broncos podcast, keeping it to you within 30 minutes or less of the best news analysis and coverage of all things orange and blue. Today, we have a really big show. Wildcard weekend has concluded as the NFL heads off into the division around this upcoming weekend. We're going to talk about some of those key matchups here later on in the show, as well as wildcard weekend recap. We're going to talk about that. We also have some Broncos news and, and notes that we have to drop by regarding their head coaching search today. We're going to give you that all that information and much more on today's episode of Locked on Broncos, which is brought to you by our good friends over there at MyBookie. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the Denver Broncos in the National Football League, as well as a columnist over at PredominantlyOrange.com. You can shoot me a follow on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. And I'm Cameron Parker. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cameron Parker. P.O. As Cody said, we got a lot to talk about today. Update on the Denver Broncos coaching search. Um, it is completed, and uh, we will be talking about the football playoff weekend. It's a bummer that the Denver Broncos are not part of the NFL playoffs again. And um, But at the same time, it, it's, it is kind of nice to sort of step back and take an objective point of view as you watch um, everything unfold with uh, with all the other uh, playoff games. And it certainly does sting, though, seeing two conference or two divisional opponents in the playoff games. Yeah, and Broncos look to get back there this week. I mean, obviously, you guys had a chance to watch the games and listen to me on Twitter. You got to see Chris Harris Jr. live tweeting games. You got to see all these NFL players, Broncos players, live tweeting the games and giving their analysis, which I think that's always kind of cool, but you kind of wish that it was them actually playing in the playoffs. But we saw some tough victories, some, uh, you know, I would say some support surprises and not and then some not so many surprises you know I, I think more so we were surprised with how some of the games turned out with how some of the teams played and you know I'm going to go to the Ravens there but we'll get into that here segment number one we're going to give you an update on the Broncos head coaching search segment number two we're going to dive into wild card week and take a look at the recap of that through a Broncos lens and in segment number three of today's show we're going to look ahead at the wild card weekend and possibly generate maybe when the Broncos may announce their next head coach it's a lot of action at jam pack here on today's episode of the show as well as tonight the college football national championship is Clemson and Alabama face off and this should be an interesting one as Tua and Alabama they get ready to roll over there and play Trevor Lawrence the phenom quarterback down there for the Clemson Tigers it's going to be a very very exciting game to watch I'm going to be live tweeting that over at Cody Work NFL if you guys want to join me I look forward to retweeting and sharing all football related discussions with you guys over there so let's waste no time here today the Broncos had wrapped up their head coaching search on Monday after finishing their interview with Bears defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. Bears coming off a tough, tough loss in the wild card opener for them. 
They interviewed Fangio, whose defensive philosophy and his scheme look phenomenal. I mean, if you're watching that game from a standpoint of, okay, this next guy could be our head coach, I'm looking at it from the standpoint that I think he could do a lot of really good things with the core of this Broncos defense that he has. I think he could keep it into a 3-4 scheme, change things up, give different looks, go with a 4-3 look at times. I mean, he can do a lot of different things with the Broncos' talent that they have defensively and some of these young guys. It'd be interesting to see how he has his hand on that if he became the head coach of the Broncos, but he was their final candidate. The Broncos had previously interviewed Zach Taylor, quarterbacks coach of the LA Rams, and Chuck Pagano, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. They also interviewed Mike Munchak, who is rumored to be the favorite in the Broncos coaching search from what I've been told. They were very impressed with his interview, and he honestly has a lot of interest in coaching the Denver Broncos if offered the job. He's interviewed before since becoming a head coach with the Tennessee Titans since getting fired and becoming the O-line coach for the Steelers. He just wasn't interested in it at the right fit at the right time, but Mike Munchak has a lot of good feelings right now towards the Broncos organization. So this could be the thing to watch, obviously, with Mike Munchak, a guy who's been coaching for over 20-plus years in the National Football League. Experience is good. If he is brought in, you can expect to see a young offensive coordinator brought in for the Broncos as well to tailor make this offense to something what we've seen more along the lines of the playoffs. And then they also had interviewed Brian Flores, defensive coordinator from the New England Patriots, and they wrapped up their interviews this week. So I would hazard a guess from what I've been told, we could have a Broncos head coaching announcement as late as Friday, as early as Wednesday, in between that ballpark of Wednesday, Thursday. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard about it. Give it a couple days, 48 hours to analyze all the news and notes following today's interview with Vic Vangio as well. You could see an announcement Wednesday, midday, or you can see it Friday. That's what I'm being told. We'll obviously keep you updated as we find out more over here at the Locked On Broncos podcast. But a lot of interesting things here to keep note as the Broncos look for their next head coach. And they have to get a head coach that's got a lot of experience, a guy that is going to transform the culture of what the Broncos have while preserving some of what they have. Key players like Von Miller, who, if you guys saw the outrage over the weekend, trust me, there was an article that was posted that you know, John always said trading Von Miller, you know, everything's on the table. That was a twisted quote there. That's not true. The Broncos have no interest, nor have they even thought about trading Von Miller. So you guys can rest assured that that was something that caused an outrage, obviously, with Von Miller's mother. But, you know, deep breath, as Aaron Rodgers would say, relax. Von Miller's going nowhere. But the Broncos have to figure out who their next head coach is going to be. Somebody that can take control of in-game management, can manage the flow of a game from a standpoint of quality control. You know, I think when we look at a lot of head coaches, being able just to control what is going on on the sidelines, being able to manage game decisions to influence the OC and the DC if something's not working, being able to go up to them and say, hey, you know, they're hurting us on this. What can we do to counteract it? Getting that out of your coaching staff is what the Broncos need. And I think with a guy like Vic Fangio or even a guy of Mike Munchak, guys who are very, very experienced. I feel as if this will be a good move for the Broncos. They have some great coaches already on this coaching staff. The Broncos have blocked NFL teams from requesting to interview Gary Kubiak for coordinator roles. And this is a big reason because if he was essentially interviewing for a position nearly similar or an upgrade, then 
he could freely interview. However, it would be viewed as a demotion, technically from his front office role, to go to a coordinator position. So therefore, the Broncos have the power to block that, and rightfully so. The Broncos want to keep Gary Kubiak within the Broncos organization this year and beyond. He's very special to them in that standpoint. They want him around in some kind of role, whether it be offensively or front office in the scouting personnel department. Gary Kubiak has a role with this Broncos team, and and teams are very interested in interviewing Sean Kugler, who's the current O-line coach for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos currently blocking that. A big reason why, because they want all these coaching staff, you know, these position coaches on the current roster right now that were under Vance Joseph. When the new head coach arrives, they want to be able to give them a chance to kind of interview for their jobs and stay in Denver if that is necessary. They want to make sure that all their chickens are in order first before they allow that to happen. I'm sure once a new head coach arrives, they obviously meet with the new head coach as position coaches, and then they'll determine whether or not it's a good fit for them to stay. And if so, you know, they are free to interview with other teams. The Broncos will open it up. But as of right now, the Broncos are putting some bubble wrap around the organization, and that is key for them going forward. But coming up here in segment number two, Cameron and I, we are going to recap Wild Card Weekend. But before we jump into that, I got to tell you guys, if you guys got a smart speaker as a gift for Christmas, you can now tell it to play Locked On Broncos. All you got to do is say, hey, Alexa, hey, Google, play podcast Locked On Broncos. And guess what? Bam, it'll pop it up right onto your smart speaker. Play it throughout your house. If you have multiple Alexas in your bedroom, in your garage, wherever you're at, it can obviously continuously play by saying, hey, pod, play podcast Locked On Broncos on your smart home device today and as well as I mentioned the episode is brought to you by my bookie now the NFL playoffs are here and it is time to get into the action with my bookie don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or your friends sit around watching the games not this year even though the Broncos are out when the 53rd Super Bowl is just around the corner this really is the most wonderful time of the year for all fantasy sports and guess what you can make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at my bookie today they pay fast when you win and the ownership they really care about good customer service and they offer you the craziest props in all the industries so where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on and if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go with my bookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for them. Check them out yourself. Join now, and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus when you make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season, Super Bowl, and the playoffs. Use promo code LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25. And at my bookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, Cameron, jumping into Wild Card Week, and it was wild, to say the least. We saw, I'd say every single game was predominantly very, very close, minus one game, and that was the first game of the Wild Card playoffs, and that was Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Now, Cameron, this game, the Colts came out on top 21-7. Andrew Luck and the Colts, just from the very beginning, marched down the field against a very, uh, you know, a top 10 defense in the National Football League with Houston, and they had no problem doing it. Andrew Luck was connecting with Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, it was just, his options were endless, and he looks dang good doing it. I mean, if he didn't cement 
comeback player of the year by that game. I don't know what to tell you about NFL voting. It might be flawed, but Andrew Luck and the Colts are rolling right now. They, they got up to a 21-point lead at one point, and they, they didn't score any second-half points, which to me could be the concerning part when you have to go and play the Kansas City Chiefs next week. The Houston Texans only scored seven points, but, man, Deshaun Watson looked off. The play calling for the Texans looked off and threw a Broncos lens. Andrew Luck was just quick firing that ball out of his hands, and their running game was very good. Quentin Nelson had himself a day in terms of being able just to in pass blocking and run blocking. I mean, he barrel rolled Jadavian Clowney several times. He's a guy that is nasty and tenacious, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the Broncos should have gotten Quentin Nelson, but to be honest with you, guard was the least of the Broncos' worries, and they got Bradley Chubb at pick number five. That was a great pick for the Broncos, you know, and it paid off for them this year. You know, the, the Quentin Nelson pick for the Colts is, you know, paying off for them as well, but you know, what were some of your takeaways with this game, Cam, you know, especially with the Colts kind of letting off in that second half there. That That's kind of a concerning sign for me as they get ready to play Kansas City. Well, I think for starters, it's just it, it continues to amaze me. Now, granted, it's understandable just because he hadn't seen the field in a while, but it, it just didn't continue to amaze me that that people didn't think that Andrew Luck would return to the type of level that we've seen. And the thing that is probably spectacular, and it isn't just Andrew Luck, is the fact that all the weaknesses, all the weaknesses it seemed that have plagued the Indianapolis Colts over the years are now pretty massive strengths. I mean, Andrew Luck has now come back and played quite well, probably come back for the year. The offensive line has been transformed by, I'm going to just go out and say it, when he's a rookie, a transformational once-in-a-generation gera- once guard in Quentin Nelson. And to top that off, a potential defensive player of the year candidate in Darius Leonard on defense that is transformed to been a potential leader of that defense it's just it's a trickle down effect it really is it's a it just it it goes and it's just like a, a sponge it soaks up everybody in that defense and it just it just presents just that that opportunity for a much better football team and clearly the Indianapolis Colts are a more complete team now with Andrew Luck at their quarterback than they ever were with Andrew Luck as their quarterback. Yeah, and I think they got two good rookies with Darius Leonard on the defensive side of the ball at inside linebacker. They've made a tremendous difference there. You know, the Houston Texans, once again, not showing up for the playoffs, and, and this is not a good sign for them, especially when they lost really bad to the Chiefs several years back. They got that win over the Raiders, but then they just haven't been able to make noise in the playoffs despite the season that they had, despite having DeAndre Hopkins. I know losing Demarius Thomas, Will Fuller early in the year, that was big for them, but I was really disappointed with what I seen from the Houston Texans, and they couldn't pull it out. The Colts go on to face the Kansas City Chiefs next week at Kansas City. It's going to be something we'll talk about here coming up in our next segment, segment number three. But we got to move on to our other wild card game. Saturday featured a battle between the Dallas Cowboys and the Seattle Seahawks. The Cowboys coming off on top on this one, 24 to 22. And and really, you know, I think Dallas played pretty balanced overall. Seattle's defense is pretty darn good. You know, they were on the field quite 
quite a bit, though. You know, the offense for the Seahawks, though, was very, very vanilla the entire way. And it was really surprising because they did have this talent. They had Doug Baldwin, who made a phenomenal catch. They had Tyler Lockett, who's just a playmaker. Anytime you get the ball to him, they have an array of young running backs there. Russell Wilson, they kept going that inside zone read. And and Russell Wilson just kept handing it off on several occasions where he could have pulled it and ran. And occasionally, you know what, he did. He was able to pull it on, you know, several plays. He was able to score on one of those. But really for the Seahawks in this matchup, I'd say the loss is on them offensively, not getting things going. That was something that was really kind of out of their balance. You know, they lost Sebastian Janikowski right at halftime. He missed a field goal, looked like he pulled a hamstring, could have had a hamstring fall off the bone, one of those things. I'm not sure of his injury status. But, you know, you lose by two points and you almost have a chance you have a chance to kick a field goal at halftime to make it a you know a game right there that missed field goal at halftime that is huge in this game but you know unfortunately the Seahawks ran out of time Michael Dixon had to essentially drop kick it as an onside kick and it went way too far and it was it was one of those moments you scratch your head but you know the Cowboys ran behind Ezekiel Elliott they played bend but not break defense they made plays here and there when they absolutely needed it and and overall I'm really surprised KJ Wright had a phenomenal play in the end zone on a goal line play and then the Seahawks had two bad penalties a holding call by you know our old friend over there uh, that used to play for the Broncos and then you had you know I'd say the standpoint of the huge penalty you know I, I can't remember who it was that had the penalty the block in the back but it was it was really bad I mean it was the play was away from him. it was a running play I think it was DJ Fluker was running down and he just blasted one of the linebackers right in the back and drew a 15-yard penalty. The Seahawks couldn't get out of their own, you know, their own end zone at that point. They had to punt the ball away once again. The Seahawks, unfortunately, their playoff hopes had just ended, especially after extending, you know, uh, Pete Carroll. You know, so I think overall in this matchup. Really disappointed to kind of see my prediction didn't fall through. I think we both predicted the Seahawks to win. That kind of fell through the table with the Cowboys coming out on top. So the Cowboys will, I think, head on to play the L.A. Rams next week. So that'll be an interesting matchup for them, especially the Rams having a first-round bye. We'll talk about that here in segment number three. But, Cam, for the sake of time, let's get into our two playoff games that we saw on Sunday. And the first one between the Chargers and the Ravens. And this was another surprise game because I I thought we had all expected – that the Baltimore Ravens defense was going to play phenomenal, play strong, and they played pretty tough. I mean, both defenses for the Chargers and the Ravens played phenomenally well today. You know, several you know several big plays were given up on both sides, but really it came down to the offense, and Lamar Jackson couldn't get things going for three whole quarters. And, you know, he rallied in the fourth quarter, but it just wasn't enough. What was your key takeaway in this game, especially with the Broncos divisional opponent and the Los Angeles Chargers, who now they have to go on the road to New England next week? You know, I... I think overall, I was pretty impressed with Lamar Jackson. Now, granted, the the unfortunate thing is, you want to talk about one of the like hallmarks of what we've seen in a Denver Broncos season. They just dug themselves way too big of a hole, and you know when and it got to that certain point where. You know, as as we were listening to the halftime show with Boomer um, Esiason, he was making the point, you know, you do need to contemplate about making a change. And then I think once the Los Angeles Chargers made that touchdown to go to 20 to three and the offense was still inept and it was still struggling, the question still became in doubt. It was like, surely you're going to make a change. But, you know, I, I think that 
Harbaugh, he he stuck to his guns. He he made sure that keeping Lamar Jackson in the game was the best thing for him. And I tell you what, you know, and the more I thought about that, it may not have been the best idea on the surface, maybe, and it may have been embarrassing. But think about the long term. Think about the long term as far as what this could potentially do with Lamar Jackson, the potential growth of him as a quarterback. You know, one of the key pluses of Lamar Jackson as a quarterback coming into the draft has been he's been getting better every single year with his passing. And obviously the passing did not come to fruition in that playoff game because the Los Angeles Chargers made a point of emphasis with seven defensive backs to make him throw the ball. And unfortunately, just it could not happen. Um, so I, I just think that, you know, with Lamar, I, I would imagine that this was maybe the best and worst thing of his career. Yeah, it really was. And, and not a lot of time left for him. You know, I think in terms of I was on the standpoint, I was agreeing with Tony Romo that they had zero momentum offensively. They were down. You have to go with the momentum move. You had fans chanting for Joe Flacco. And then you also had the, the reality where fans were booing Lamar Jackson, which I don't always agree with. I don't agree with that. He is your quarterback of the future. He's the one that got them to the playoffs. He's played really well. He is having one of those games. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. You're in a playoff game and, and a team. you got to become more than just one-dimensional. And I tweeted about it earlier, which is essential, because in the National Football League, you cannot be one-dimensional in any way, shape, or form offensively because NFL teams will design easy game plans to beat you. The Chargers did just that. They they knew that primarily Lamar Jackson wanted to run with his legs. They sent pressure after him, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. I mean, they sacked him multiple times. The O-line was very, very suspect for the Ravens in this matchup, and they go on to lose 23-17. Into our NFC wildcard matchup here, the game of the day, we saw the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Chicago Bears in Chicago and you know really it's not a defensive luff I you know obviously giving up that big touchdown catch to Golden Tate late in the game that was not good for the Chicago Bears defense I felt like they played a little too conservative there however the Chicago Bears defense is legit I mean it is it is a top number one defense in the National Football League for a reason they were very effective multiple turnovers forced by you know on the Philadelphia Eagles you know but then now we see the story of Nick Foles once again coming in and possibly making a name for himself once again with the 16 to 15 win and Cody Parkey I'm not gonna spend too much time on this for the sake of time in our next segment but you know rough rough time for Cody Parkey the kicker who they tried icing him he made the one they called the timeout on and then he shanked it off of the left upright but after further review if you go back on the replay his initial kick was blocked it was tipped by a defender from the Philadelphia Eagles it hit the left up upright bounce hit the bottom one and fell out so you know unfortunately we live in a disgusting reality where people take sports way too far and social media too far and Cody Parkey receiving a lot of death threats and just negativity on the social media and it's just it's evil it's ugly if you're that type of person I yeah if you're that type of person I want no part of you you don't deserve to be a fan of sports you deserve to just lose your right to even speak or even have an opinion on anything if you are that type of person that wishes death or ill towards somebody I that's something I have zero tolerance for. That'll be an instant block on social media if I see that stuff. It's just it's just a shame, Cam, that we have to be in a time and era where something like that just prevails itself and we see it so often, especially 
at an athlete's lowest moment, probably of their career, you know, so that that's just a rough one. Well, yeah, and it's look, take it out on your pillow, shoot a Nerf gun. I mean, like make sure that you're doing it. That is harmless. If you're really that frustrated, like, trust me, there were a lot of things that I would have wanted to say, do after, you know, a potential Raheem Moore situation. Obviously not to, you know, rehash something, but just just as far as as frustrating as it was, there were a lot of things that, you know, I wanted to do. But, you know, there's a difference between what is right and what is wrong. And the wrong way to go about it is to do a lot of death threats to Coney Parkey to Coney Parkey's family. And, you know, I, I, I understand Chicago is a big NFL sports town. I, I, I understand it, but you absolutely have to find the right line between what is right and what is wrong. Use your conscience, stay within the lines and be respectful of a person's family and a person's job. And the fact is a defender from the Philadelphia Eagles made the key play when it mattered. And that's, that's, that's the key point. So you can, I mean, you can be frustrated. You can be frustrated. Cody and I have been frustrated numerous times during a, a really difficult Broncos game, uh, season, Broncos games, what have you. Um, but the fact is just take it out on something that's harmless, completely harmless. Don't do anything that is, you know, out of the norm of, wanting to be uh, harmful to a person's family or just a person's that is his job just stay away from that it's childish it's really low and unfortunately people can hide behind a social media handle and spew garbage and nonsense but it is what it is i'm not going to give too much of a platform to that for the sake of time we got to move on to segment number three i highly encourage you guys despite everything Despite all the negativity surrounding the outcome of a football game that we saw with the Chicago Bears, I tell you what, the Nuggets are playing really good basketball right now. The number one seed in the Western Conference continuing to roll after a big win over the Hornets at home over the weekend. They head to Houston tonight. It's going to be a big matchup down there in Houston for this Nuggets team as they've gotten Paul Millsap back, Gary Harris back. Tough road test to really test this Nuggets team and check out Adam Matas and Locked On Nuggets to hear more about this matchup today. Alrighty, we're going to fire through here on our final segment of the show as we talk about the NFL Divisional Round this weekend. Now, I'll tell you what, we have two Saturday games and we have two Sunday games in action for you this weekend. The AFC West Divisional opponents that the Broncos have, the Chiefs, they host the Indianapolis Colts. And this is a revenge game for them because the Colts knocked them out of the playoffs in their playoff matchup several years ago when Andrew Luck was healthy in that shootout game. Colts, Andrew Luck playing really good football right now. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now, the question we have to ask in this matchup here, and we're just going to fire off some quick points here, is the Chiefs a week off. Is that good for them, or would they have benefited from playing during the wild card weekend? You know, we see that kind of that carryover. We saw with the Broncos against the Ravens and that Raheem Moore incident. They had the first round bye, and they came off in that divisional matchup, and it just didn't seem good for them. The same thing with against the Colts divisional round 2014. The same thing. So the divisional matchups, these teams with first round buys, you know, I would almost guarantee and say that in my kind of assumption of just knowing the game of football, I feel as the teams that have already 
played, they're a little bit more confident. And I, and I think there are two teams that have a first-round bite. They tend to overlook people a little bit, but this is going to be a good matchup. Colts, can Andrew Luck go on the road and really slow down or at least keep up in pace with that offense that the Chiefs have? That's going to be the big question. You know, Andrew Luck shredded a top-10 defense in the Texans. What can he do against a bottom-ranked defense that the Colts have? And our next matchup on Saturday, we have the Cowboys and the Rams. Like I said, the first buy blues. Is that going to bite the Rams in the tail? The Rams have kind of struggled towards the end of the year. They've gotten some things going as of late. Now they host the Cowboys who, you know, they're rolling off some momentum, you know. So in this point, we're going to see the Rams. Is Todd Gurley healthy? They're going to have a healthy combination, hopefully, between Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, who's been very good for them running the ball. Former Bronco there and Aqib Tlaib, former Bronco in the playoffs there with the Rams and with former defense coordinator Wade Phillips. Cowboys host the Rams and the Rams. Cowboys and the Rams play. Rams host the Cowboys. 6.15 p.m. on Saturday. We'll have it covered with all the action as well on Twitter. And then on Sunday, the Chargers are on the road to take on the Patriots in an Eastern Time Zone Mountain game, 11.05 a.m. kickoff Mountain Time for you Colorado guys that are sitting here watching the show as well. And then the Eagles travel to take on the Saints as well. Sunday afternoon, 2.40 p.m. Mountain Time kickoff on Fox NBC. It's going to be a huge, huge matchup for the NFL Divisional Playoffs. Chargers, Chiefs, and the AFC West representing there. You know, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, I got two picks wrong. I got the Seahawks and the Ravens picks wrong this past weekend. We'll give you our NFL picks this week as Cameron and I give you them on Thursday's episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast. Huge week ahead for us over here at the show. National Championship game tonight. Football is fun. It's almost over. That's the bittersweet thing about it. So enjoy it while you have it. And don't forget... If you have a smart speaker, as we finish up today's show, you can now tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On Broncos to get all the latest Broncos news, or you can tell them to play Locked On Nuggets podcast to get all of your Denver Nuggets updates from Adam Matis. Just tell your smart speaker to play the podcast Locked On Broncos or Locked On Nuggets.